Pastors, give me the assignment of John 19, 28 through 37. It's the cross. It's the final days. It is the well-known phrase, to telestai. It is finished. That day there were, there were three thieves. One was saved because Jesus took his place. You know him. His name is Barabbas. He was supposed to die that day. He was supposed to be crucified. He was an insurrectionist, a thief, an enemy of the nation of Rome, but Jesus took his place, drug his cross up the road, and was crucified with two other insurrectionists, robbers, thieves, one on the right, one on the left. Throughout the day, the scripture tells us that they cursed him, insulted him, claimed what everybody else was claiming. Like, you say you're the son of God, you say you're the Lord, you say you're the king of the Jews, you, you claim to be miracles, save yourself. Now of all times, come down off the cross, we'll believe you too. Now, prove yourself to be true. One robber during the day came to the point where something changed. Was it because he had seen Jesus or heard about Jesus before, or was it all happening in that very moment? That throughout the whole day, he realized that in Jesus' final words, he simply thought of everyone else. Father, forgive them, for they know what, what they do. His enemies turned to John, his beloved, and said, care for my mother. And from that day forward, he did. And then he turned to the robber next to him when he turned to Jesus and said, truly, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, surely you will be with me in paradise. That robber chose to receive the gift that Jesus Christ was offering as he hung on the cross. While the other robber died, as far as we know, for eternity was lost. We're going to look at three things today. Jesus had all authority to live or die. We have all authority to surrender our will or not. And this question, what will you choose to do? What will you choose to do with what you walked in here today with? The pain, the burdens, Frustrations, sins, anger, 
bitterness, jealousy, addictions. What, what will you do with what you brought to church today? Let's pray. Father, this is your word. Father, this is John's sermon. Father, I pray that your spirit will use me to speak your words to your people. Father, these are my friends that I love Darius desperately. And Father, I'm praying your spirit will draw them to you. And that, Father, if any have come with a burden that's so heavy, that today, this morning, your spirit would help them lay it down. That, Father, today, they would choose to die to the thing that Satan wants to hold them captive to. Father, I pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our passage, John 19, 28 through 30, will also be in Colossians. I'll give you a little heads up too. If you're someone who wants to follow along in your scripture, copy of scripture, I'm also going to be in Exodus 12. So we're in John 19, Colossians 3, and Exodus 12. So if not, most of it will be on the, on the screen behind you. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. We're going to come to the communion table at the end of the service. The cup that Jesus now was willing to accept. If you remember earlier, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were seeing Jesus refusing moisture, refusing the sour wine, but now he receives it because he knows now all that he had prophesied, all that was to occur had now been completed. About 1513 B.C., the Passover was established, 3,500 years plus ago from today. That's when, in Exodus, we know the story where this occurred. The Passover was established. Now, Jesus has instituted a new Passover, which we find in Luke. Luke 22, 14 through 23 reads, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit or the vine, until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. So, Jesus takes the Passover and reinstitutes a new covenant, a new promise that is now being fulfilled with him hanging on the cross. This moment now that he hangs on the cross is to, to fulfill what he had proposed was going to happen. That by his blood, ultimately, the final sacrifice will be made for sin. John 19, 20 and 30 says, A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. So if we look back in passages here, we can see that this is a reference back to the passages in Exodus. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourself according to your clans, and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood. That is the basin known of you. Shall, none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. So Jesus has fulfilled this. We have in Exodus the story of the Passover established where all of Israel was saved because the plague of the, the death of the firstborn son passes over the Israelite community. And Israel is set free. And the tradition is established of the sacrifice of a lamb, the blood that will cover the sins of Israel. For 3,500 years, we've been celebrating. Well, excuse me, for 1,500 years, we celebrated that. Until this moment now. When Jesus Christ is on the cross, when Jesus Christ meets days before at the Lord's Supper, established as the Lord's Supper because it became Jesus Christ as a sacrificial lamb. His life laid down once and for all, sins forgiven once and for all on that day. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This word is finished. Tetelestai is, is the Greek trans, word translated to it is finished. It's kind of a fascinating word. And, and John knew exactly what he was doing when he put this there. Because Jesus' words were so prominently understood that anybody in that time and day would know what you, when you say tetelestai, what you're saying is paid in full. Matter of fact, parchments that they found in that day find receipts that are marked to telestai, paid in full. Christ's sacrifice paid in full, paid in full. He claims the very thing that nobody else could do but the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ alone could take away the sin of the world. He would set a new covenant, a new way. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. 
Jesus Christ chose to die. He chose to give up his spirit. He did not have to do this. As a matter of fact, he even begged his God, his Father, to take the cup from him because he knew the suffering would be immense. But yet, not his will, but God's will be done. And so he went to the cross. Pilate claimed he had all authority in order to determine if he lived or died. As we learned earlier a couple of weeks ago in the passage of John, that there was no authority that was given to Pilate that did not come from God. God, Jesus Christ, his son, was always and is always in control. This whole plan that was orchestrating and unfolding was by his hand. He knew where he was. He knew what was happening. He knew he was going to suffer as he forecasted ahead. And now he gives up his spirit. He chose to die for you and me. He chose. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. This is significant because... The symbolism, again, of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God, as the sacrificial Lamb. We know that this hour of Passover in preparation is the hour for which the lambs were sacrificed. Not a coincidence that the once and forever sacrifice would be happening simultaneously when the lambs would be sacrificed. It's written in Jewish law that you don't break the legs or the bones of the lambs. So, of course, Jesus Christ could not have his bones broken as the ultimate sacrifice for us. The soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Another incredible picture of blood and water. The symbolism of the blood that Jesus Christ gave to cover our sin and the water which gives us life eternal that we go under in baptism and come rises again. That Jesus once again points back to that he is the water that refreshes that you will no longer thirst as the woman of the well witnessed and experienced. The man who saw it has given testimony. This is John speaking. And his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and that he testifies so you also may believe. These things happen so the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Over, I think, 130 prophecies were fulfilled when Jesus Christ died on the cross from thousands of years before all now come together on this one day. And John is being poignant as our study time earlier this week with Joni and Mary and Brendan, we, we were talking about this and Joni pointed out that John's book was written around this singular concept 
this word that he repeats over 130 times, I believe, which is this word, believe. So that you may believe. John wrote this, so that you may believe. He wanted to record. He was the disciple, though they all fled, including John, returned to witness what was happening. An eyewitness account of the crucifixion, of the sacrifice. He was there and wrote this so that you may believe. These three crosses represent the choices that we have. Jesus Christ chose to give up his life to forgive you for sins, from sins. The cross in the back represents the robber who did not receive the gift that Jesus Christ was giving. The cross in the front near to Jesus represents the robber who did. This is so poignant to me because this is the passage that I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior through. I was downtown in Allegan, in our church, Wednesday night in the catacombs where you had to look around the pillar to see the preacher preach. And he preached on the robber on the cross. And I remember sitting there going, okay, I, I don't get it. Here's a guy that spent his whole life in insurrection, sinning against God, hating God, destroying everything of God. And then all of a sudden, in a moment's flash, he turns to Jesus and goes, hey, when you're in heaven, how about you take me with you? And I'm like, what? 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 How, how does that happen? What, what, what did he do? He's crucified to the cross. What, what did he do that all of a sudden got him access? to eternal life. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, Kent, he did the only thing you haven't done. He surrendered his will. He gave up sitting on the throne of his life. Up until that point, he had, he had been in charge of his life. He had run the show. He had been the insurrectionist. He had been the thief. He had, he had been master of his own ship. And then he came to him that he was going to spend eternity in hell. And that was the Son of God. And he was offering him the opportunity for eternity. Being one that accepted Christ as my Savior because of this message, I, I can't wait to get to heaven to run up to the robber that decided and hug him. <laughs> because it's his story that created my story. John's message here leads me to Colossians and my challenge for you, my question for you, because, see, Jesus chose to place himself on this cross. But he did not take away your will. He still leaves that with you. Just like the robbers on the cross are representative of two wills. Paul writes in Colossians, Since then 
You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. This picture of a cross is something I've worn for years and years. It's a cross inside of a cross. It reminds me every day that I have to take up my cross, that, that I have to die to myself, that there's still things I willfully want to do, my flesh is desiring of, and I need to crucify that. I need to surrender it to the Lord. And the joy is every time I do, the Spirit rushes in and says, well done. Stand with me, and I will use you. Each one of you are faced with that same choice. What, what do I do with my will? Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of this, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in your knowledge in the image of its creator. The new self. When we depend on Jesus Christ, when we surrender our will to Him, a new creation occurs inside of you. You're new. You're no longer a slave to the old self. You're, you're the new creation in Him. The cross and the cross and the symbol of me is that I'm in Him forever, for, for eternity. I am saved. What will you choose? Man, notice there's a chair up here. You say a chair, it's a chair, and I could say there is a chair. This gives you knowledge and understanding that we're talking about chairs. So there's the label that gives us direction and gives us chairs. Not particularly life-changing, but it is a chair. I could give you a specification and lay out the details of what a chair is. Height, size, weight, dimensions, how much weight it would support. I give you all the details that would specify a chair. That would give you more information, more knowledge. You'd have better understanding what a chair is. I could just simply just give you a picture and say, chair. Once again, not particularly life-changing. Really doesn't do anything for you, except maybe gives you a point of reference that you could look at. See, a chair becomes a chair, personally for me, when I make a decision. And that decision is, I got to completely rely on it to do what it was made to do. His chair was built, constructed. Trustees did an excellent job, Bill, by the way. They stacked nicely and they're lighter than the old ones were. But it's built and made to hold my weight completely. 
And for me to demonstrate that, all I have to do is throw myself completely on it. (laughs) But what if it won't hold me? What if it's not enough to support me? See, some of us came in today and we're still crucifying Jesus because he's not enough yet. It is finished. All our sin, all of our sin, were crucified on that cross. It's done. Oftentimes I've taken a a Tyvek suit and I've thrown it on my shoulders and I've wrote all the sins of my life on it and I've carried it around and go, this is my sin, this is my sin, and throw off your old sin and stop going back to the corpse. Because that's my tendency. (laughs) My tendency is keep going back to that old dead self and go, yeah, but... But, yeah, but Christ is going, stop. Throw yourself completely on me. There may be someone here today that says, you know, Ken, I'm where you were that day, listening to about the robbers on the cross, that I've actually never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And today you need to choose to make that decision. You need to choose to say, I want my life to be secured in eternity. And what that requires is that you give all to Him. If you're sitting here today and you're holding on to something that you're choosing not to give to Him, today is the day to give it all to Him. To completely lay into his arms. Do not hold back anything that's been binding you, holding you. Fear, worry, lusts, bitterness. He died for it all. All is done. It is finished. It's up to you now. What will you choose? Will you accept this incredible gift that he's given you? Will he accept the cross and the sacrifice that he made? You know, we're Protestants. One of the big distinctives that makes us different than the Catholics is that our cross is empty because he paid it all and is sitting at the right hand of the Father waiting for us. The man who saw it has given his testimony and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth. Now, I want you to read this last part with me. And when you see the word you, I want you to say your name out loud. And he testifies so that Kent also may believe. Let's try it again. And he testifies so that 
Kent also may believe. See, this is John's sermon that I've been given stewardship over this Sunday. This is his message to you. And he's saying, is your name there? He wrote this so you may believe, so you could completely rely on him to be true. So that the message would be complete. Will you surrender? What did you come in today with? Let's put it at the cross. Heavenly Father, this is your word. These are your people. I pray, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit would just rush through this place. If there's anybody here today or online that knows they need to surrender to you, I pray, Father, that this is their moment of salvation. That they turn their life over to you. They would simply pray, Father, I believe your Son is the Savior of the world and I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. I am forgiven. Father, if there's someone here that's came in with a heavy burden that's just weighing them down and they know today they need to lay it at the foot of your cross, that they pray right now to you, Father, you died for this. Now, Father, let me die to it today. Let me give up what I've been holding on to. Because your spirit, Lord, is real. And your healing touch is complete. So, Father, take this burden so that, Father, I can walk in pure holiness with you. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do something for me. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior today, would you, would you take the contact information card, that, that card, and just write down, Today, I accepted Christ as my Savior. If there's something else you want us to pray for you for, um, maybe you would like Brendan or Nathan or myself to, to meet with you, then put that in the contact information in the bulletin as well. Just say, I, I could really use a pastoral call. Heavenly Father, this is your word. We pray that we honored it your way. As we come to the table, as we come to the cup, Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.